Welcome to another exciting episode of Power Skills for Success, the podcast that dives into the essential skills that we need in uh, today's fast-paced world. I'm Anna Gondrabura, and today we're talking about crucial skills that founders need when raising capital. Joining us today is Yasmin Morrison, who is an early-stage investor at Florida Funders, mentor at Techstars, and teaching fellow at Harvard. I am very excited to pick Yasmin's brain on what it takes to succeed in the competitive world of venture capital and what it takes to secure funding. So in this episode, we will discuss key power skills for successful fundraising. Get ready for this insightful conversation and uh, get ready um, to uh, take notes of valuable takeaways for that every entrepreneur needs and every investor needs. Uh, let's dive in. Uh, hi, Yasmin, and thank you so much for finding the time to join my podcast and to share with the audience. Thank you. I'm very excited to share some, some insights. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, uh, I am very excited about this episode because this is the first episode that I decided to make with the, an investor. Because honestly, as an entrepreneur myself, I have so many founders, so many founder friends, entrepreneurs. My friends are entrepreneurs and a lot of them are raising, right? A lot of them are raising capital. And this is like the whole different world over there, right? And since I am so um, into, you know, helping people develop their power skills, right? Because I do workforce development training and I've been doing this for many years. I am so excited about this conversation. And uh, I want to just, uh, you know, without any further ado, I want to start by asking you, what are these skills? What are the power skills that you personally, as an investor, are looking for in a founder or the power skills, maybe like your top three, what are the top three power skills that every founder should develop when raising if they want to actually secure that capital? So, I mean, there's so many, so many skills, right? But I think if I had to um, divide it into kind of three skills. So first of all, when I speak to founders, I always look at three categories. So I look at market, product, and team. Um, and within those categories, there are certain skills that shows the ability that you could be successful. So if you start, for example, with market, um, there is this concept called riding the wave, uh, which basically means that you are capable of finding these unique opportunities according to like macro factors that gives your startup the ability to ride a wave. So you're finding certain things happening and you can jump on that wave, not too early and not too late, right? So for example, um, I think Etsy is a good example. So Etsy uh, was founded at a time when there was this like social kind of wave of anti-consumerism and they were able to like, hey, we have these cool small indie brands. So they were riding that wave. Um, so from a founder, from a, that, what the power skills I'm looking for is really like pattern recognition. So you almost need to be <laughs> able to see into the future. But what you do is really that you look at different patterns and then you spot an opportunity. So that's one skill I really want to see, because I think those companies are ultimately going to be some of the most successful ones that times it perfectly. Second, if you come to team, the kind of the other category, um, 
there is something called a personal success syndrome. So one of my professors at Harvard, um, she wrote this book called The Superstar Roadmap, uh, Dr. Mira White. Uh, it's really fascinating. The, the book is basically talking about everyone has these um, power skills, right? And if you can identify what they are and combine that with passion, you're going to be very, very successful. So when I meet a founder, I want to identify who they are as a person, what their unique skills are, and I want to make sure that's aligned with what they're doing. So I wouldn't say there is there is specific power skills to that, but that depends on the startup, right? But I really, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I feel, I just want to jump in here. I feel like the power skill is uh, to be passionate about what you're doing, right? So, and the ability to show this passion, right? Because sometimes people are passionate, but they don't think about showing this passion. And this is actually the problem because when they pitch their idea, when they pitch their startup, you can't really see their passion. So you, you're going to be like, you know, this is maybe this is not their big thing of their life. Right. So I, I feel like the power skill here is being passionate and showing that passion. Yeah. I also think that, too, like you have to know something really well and be really good at it. And you have to have the passion because there's going to be someone who is equally good as you most of the time. But if you're more passionate, you're going to win and vice versa. If the other person is more passionate, they are going to ultimately win. Um, so, so that's the way I look at it. Um, and then coming to the last category I mentioned is product. Um, also, there's an interesting mental model called Maslow's hammer, which basically is that um, if the only tool you have is a hammer, you're going to treat um, everything as a nail, right? And this is how I think a lot of startup can challenge companies that have been around for a really long time because they need to think differently. These companies always use a hammer, but a startup can be like, think creatively and think outside of the box and come up with new creative solutions. So I think the power skill here is really that kind of thinking outside of the box and creative thinking. Um, so those three is really like pattern recognition, um, those specific skills perfectly suited for your startup with passion, and then also um, creative thinking and, and thinking outside of the box. Uh, I love this. This is great. Um, I have so many questions at this point, but you know what? I wanted to jump in with another question here about the the skills that uh, you should never show as a founder, like, uh, like you know, things that, okay, uh, when you're pitching to me, for example, right, when, when the founder comes to pitch you, like, don't do this, like, what are the don't do, um, um, you know, things or uh, skills that you like, you know, they're not going to help you in raising capital. So there is a fine line, I would say, about being humble and honest. I mean, of course, you want to be humble and honest with things. But sometimes you have people who will be too, like, careful, they will be like, oh, you know, we don't, that's, this is going to take maybe 10 years for like this. Oh, we only project a few hundred thousand. Like people are too careful and not, you know, you need to, which you're like, oh, wow, that's a little concerning. Um, so the, again, coming back to that perfect balance of um, being humble, but then also not being too kind of like beating yourself up. Sometimes you'll have founder who are just like, yeah, this is, it's really hard. I failed. I did this, but saying it, like, I think it's good to, you know, have a conversation about previous failures. I think that's incredibly important, but sometimes founders do it wrong and you're just like, oh, dear, this is never going to work out. <laughs> I guess they're not believing in themselves almost. And they, 
you can feel that as an investor and that's never going to work, right? I love this. Yeah, I love this example, but also wanted to share uh, the example of my friend. Um, obviously, um, you know, a fem fem I, as a female founder, I have other friends who are female founders. So one of my friends who's a female founder, she got a really, uh, she actually, she said that when she was raising, what really helped her when she started raising for her startup and she raised like $12 million at the end, um, her co-founder um, was male. And uh, he really helped her to actually uh, do what you were just talking about, like not to do, because she was, she realized that um, uh, women founders, we try, we tend to be more careful, right? And like, for example, when we talk about like our projections, we're not going to say, oh, we're going to get like $10 million in two years time. But, you know, she she was actually able, like she successfully exited her company. So she was able to do this. But like when she was raising, she would be always like very careful. And that didn't, that wasn't the thing that investors were looking for, right? And her co-founder had a conversation with her and she, and he was like, you know, this is what you need to say. This is what you need to do. We can do it and we will do it, right? And then she realized that uh, she she started noticing that a lot of other female founders were doing the same thing. Have you noticed like the difference um, in like, you know, how female founders are pitching their ideas versus male founders pitching their ideas? I think there is some truth in what you're saying. And I think that's also when you look at like negotiation salary, like women tend to do it slightly different and even like applying for jobs, like men tend to not have all the skills but they apply anyways and women are like oh i didn't have that skill set so i'm not gonna apply apply right um but so yeah there is some truth but then on the other side of things you do see more often male who will say like we're racing on like a hundred million dollar right too much right or saying something too much and then you think they're delusional anyway so like there is this other side of like again finding that perfect balance because when someone says something insane you're just like well that's insane <laughs> so so there, you just have to find that balance yeah totally so this is a good this is a good tip for both male and female founders right find the balance don't ask for too much and uh, don't ask for too little right or promise too much or or under promise we already started talking with you a little bit about communication right when you said that um you know and founders need uh, to communicate their passion and what they're talking about well let's talk a little bit uh more about communication and communicating um your vision right um and when you are securing funding, right, as a founder, what are the key things that you would uh, recommend founders do when communicating their vision, when, you know, delivering their pitch, um, either it's a pitch deck or it's a it's a verbal pitch? Yeah, um, I think communication matters a lot. Um, sales is ultimately everything. And sometimes you come across technical founders who doesn't have the ability to sell. Um which what do they do what what should they do they're not a salesman so i think that you you need to potentially a lot of time you see very successful startups you have one person who's very technical and one person who's very much on the kind of sale side you know it's almost those two different parts of the brain right um i mean i honestly think some of the best founders are the ones that are strong technical and also very strong on communications but that's perfect that's a perfect combo right but they're hard to come across. They are, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I think 
th that's what I really want to see, like ideally, but then a lot of time you just have to find the other, like the salesperson. Um, and on the storytelling, it's so important. Like you mentioned before, um, you're ultimately at this early stage. So different when you get to a later stage, but at the early stage, you are investing in the founder and the kind of story they're telling. So if you're not telling a compelling story and selling yourself, it's going to be very difficult for you to raise capital. Um, and other things that I, I do think about when it comes to communication is um, when founders, for example, if you book a 30 minute meeting with me and then you're pitching to me for 28 minutes, that's not good communication because that leaves a lot of time people will just talk at you it could be that people are nervous it could be different things but that's not good because we're not really communicating right uh as well as some if you have a an hour call and someone is only pitching for you for 10 minutes that's not well communication either so there's other things to think about that too and another thing a uh, last point on the communication is um I was speaking to a colleague about this. I would say about five to 10% of the founders I speak to, they follow up with me. Um, so I, I know like if you do a job interview, it's like, I think everyone knows it, right? You will like follow up. You will say, hey, within 24 hours, thank you for your time. There were some things we discussed and so forth. But people don't really do that. Um, a lot of founders I speak to, which I find surprising. And I think that's like a key thing. You need to be able to uh, communicate well in terms of presenting, communicate afterwards, you know, follow up and closing that sale. Um, so it's, yeah, it's yeah, totally. To um, well, let me summarize, summarize here. Um, power skill of storytelling, right? We really need to learn to tell stories when raising capital and following up, right? Another interesting thing that I came across in uh, this tweet where another investor was uh, saying that it was, uh, you know, January 4th, the day of the investor update, and he has invested in like 100 startups and only four startups uh, shared investor updates with him. And, uh, but, but on the other note, he said that all of them are crushing it. So here's like probably uh, people, you know, don't really think that it's important to follow up with updates just in, as a follow up after the meeting. Um, right. So there was like a whole discussion on Twitter. What do you think? What about your start? What about your uh, startups? Are they on time with their updates? Um, yes and no. I think it depends. And it's it's fine we like to see that i think it keeps i think if anything it, it makes you be top of mind for the investor i mean for portfolio companies you will always be top of mind but even companies that i pass on a lot of time i'm more than happy to be you know in their investor newsletter and i think that's very smart because you are top of mind like there are certain companies that i spoke to maybe like two years ago i'm still receiving their uh, investor newsletter. I don't always read it, but I will occasionally do. And but I know their name, right? And they're constantly there. And so I think it's a really smart thing, smart thing to do. And again, that comes back, you have to to stand out. There are so many startups and this is one of the ways to do it. Yeah, totally. You know what, Ismin, I have um, had already quite a few coaches and executives on my podcast and we talk, of course, the, we, we talk about power skills and everyone uh, mentioned emotional intelligence as one of the most important power skills in modern world. Uh, what do you think about emotional intelligence 
you know, in fundraising. Um, for example, you know, emotional intelligence when uh, founders have to deal with rejections or in negotiations. Um, is there like, what, what's your take on emotional intelligence for founders? Yeah, no, it's, it's super important. Um, I think one of the key things is like self-regulation um, and being coachable and being able to take feedback. It's super important. Um, it is not always easy. I, I know that. I mean, no one likes to hear the feedback and can be difficult, but it's funny when I started out as a VC, I spent a lot of time being very thoughtful on feedback and giving companies feedback. Um, and I would never, you know, be like, you suck, right? I would be very constructive and try to be helpful. Um, but a lot of the time people would like not take it too well. Um, and sometimes you would like be like verbally abused. So, and I heard this from other VCs too. So sometimes you like, I, I think a lot of VCs don't always provide companies that great feedback because there's been times like myself where you're like, oh, wow, like <laughs> this is crazy. So it's, you give feedback, but not as in depth. And I'm also surprised at how many startups when ask for it like you, you will have and i think that's very smart and that shows emotional intelligence when a company will say do you mind like providing me diving a little deeper into what what it is and then i will really take that time and again i'm not going to be like you know do any like i will give the the honest as honest feedback you know as you you can um so i think that's really important and i think you can learn a lot from that and also so a lot of times you know it could be that the vc is wrong right that you're like, well, you're actually wrong. But for some reason, I'm thinking the way I'm thinking, right? So why am I thinking that way? And how maybe there was the way you pitched that made me think that way. So how can you change that? There's always something there, right? So whatever it is, even if the VC is wrong, which is probably a lot of the times, why is that VC thinking that way? So totally, like I feel that uh, the ability to ask for feedback, to accept feedback and to act on it is definitely a power skill for every founder because all the feedback that you receive when you pitch your idea or your project or the product, if you have it already, whether it's a VC or potential customer, this is, this is the, this is that information that will help you actually build something better or bigger or maybe pivot, you know, who knows? And that's a good, uh, the self-awareness is another big part of emotional intelligence. And, and I had a startup before, and honestly, I wish I could have quit earlier than I did. Um, but I was so deep. Tell me more. What happened? It's a long story, but I think uh, it was very exciting. Um, we had a lot of people who were excited about it. I was very excited about it, but the technology wasn't working. So I didn't really have that tech side. I had the other side, but not the tech side of things. Um, maybe that's why I'm being really particular with that now because I failed on that myself. Um, but I didn't want to let it go, right? You're so deep into something. Um, so I think I was, you know, like not being, realizing like I didn't have the self-awareness and I think a lot of the time founders don't um, and it's, it's hard, right? But sometimes you need to be like, if it's a pivot or if it's like actually shut it down. And the reality is that most startups fails, right? Um, so having that self-awareness when that's the time, I think it's incredibly important. And, you know, like I said, I, I, I wish I 
I, I, I learned from it. So. <laughs> yes. Well, that's great. Now you can share. So hopefully, um, you know, whoever is listening to this uh, conversation and, uh, you know, hears something bigger for themselves, I'm pretty sure. I mean, this is great that you're sharing the story and thank you so much for sharing it. Um, I, you know what, uh, one of the power skills that I'm personally practicing as a podcast host is ke- keeping my podcast sweet and short, right? So, because, um, uh, you know, our world is crazy these days. Nobody has the time. So I really want the listeners to have the opportunity to listen to our full episode. So Yasmin, we'll be wrapping up with the, just one question. Is there any skill in particular, like one skill or maybe like two or three skills that will give a founder an edge when working with investors besides the skills that we have already discussed? Anything else that would make the founder stand out, um, you know, when talking to investors? I think I want to do come back to what I, one of the things I have mentioned, but that is really like thinking differently. I ultimately think to be very successful as a founder, a startup, you have to think differently. And that will show in the way that you pitch, in the way you talk, in the way you communicate, in your social ability, like it will come through in everything. Um, so I think if there is anything, it's it's truly like that kind of almost a creative thinking because it goes into everything you do, right? I love this. Yeah, think outside the box, right? And creative thinking and uh, just uh, show it in your story. Yeah, tell your story, show your creative thinking, show how you see the world in a little bit different way and uh, definitely tell compelling stories, right? Thank you so much, Yasmin. Thank you for your time. It was a pleasure to have you and uh, maybe till next time. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun.